Safeway makes sure your grocery shopping is easier than ever. Download the Safeway mobile app today to have your own personal grocery guru right in your pocket. Use it to plan your shopping list like a pro. Find recipes tailored to your diet, get personalized deals on the products you buy most, and choose your shopping style. Whether it's in-store, delivery, or drive-up, Safeway's got you covered. Plus, rack up rewards points for every purchase and redeem for free grocery items or discount on gas at participating Exxon or mobile stations. Safeway, fresh foods, local flavors. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Leap of Faith. Happy Sabbath, for today is the day the Lord has made. Let's be grateful and sing His praise. All right, I'm going to start off with a song, uh, No Limits, by Breno, Carry On The Light. Let's get to it. Oh, and K Diamond as well.
no limits. That's what God offers you when you find salvation in Him. No limits on your on your life, your eternal life. You know, you're going to live forever. If you truly believe and accept the Messiah as your Savior, you know, there's no limits. You know, with God, anything's possible. You just have to trust in Him. You have to believe in it. You have to ask for it. You have to work for it, too. You know, He's not just going to lay something in your lap because you asked Him for it. You have to make sure you're putting in the work for Him. So he can bless you, but he will bless you way more than you could ever thought possible. Any anything is possible with with the Lord. You know, and the world tells you, "Oh no, you need this, you need that, you need, you know, the newest thing, whatever it may be, the newest car, the newest electronic device, the newest um, TV." You know, I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying, like. The world definitely, you know, will, will, will do everything they can to keep you from getting close to God. You know, this whole world has been designed to keep you from getting to God because they want to say, you know, without them, you can't accomplish anything. And that's nothing but a bold-faced lie from the enemy, just like most other things in this world. Bold-faced lies. You know, forget not that the enemy is the father of lies and the prince of temptation. You know, so... Don't ever forget that. You know, if the world's making you feel like what you're doing is wrong or useless, then you know God is putting you on the right path because the devil's going to do everything he can to stand in your way to keep you from the greatness that God has planned for you. It's just a matter of sacrificing your flesh and your will to serve his will. So anyway, today I'm going to continue reading from the book of Enoch. I'm going to get into book two, which starts with chapter 37. Finished book one last week. I'm going to get into that. But first, I want to lead us in prayer to anybody that's listening. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today in Yeshua's name through his grace. I just want to thank you for everything, you know, that you've done for me. And I also just want to say... There's a lot, a lot of craziness going on, and you, and you see it. You know what's happening. You knew before we did what was happening. And I just hope that there's a mass awakening around the world for people to open their eyes. And I pray that you touch their hearts and allow them to see that what's happening right now are the signs of the end of times for the people that don't know, for the people that can't see. I pray that you open their eyes and open their hearts and allow them to come to know you and serve you and have a relationship with you and I also pray for all the children around the world that are suffering at the hands of evil men and women and these tyrants that are doing all these vile evil wicked things to not only the children but the people of the lands that they control or that they think they're in control of and I just want to pray for anybody I know and even those I don't know you know, to turn away from their evil, wicked ways and get right with you. We need a revival. We need revival. And I pray for revival in this country. I pray for revival in this world. I pray for revival in my neighborhood. I pray for revival in my own household. Lord, I pray that you touch the people's hearts that see the type of life I'm living now. And that they'll be inspired by me through you or through me for you. Got my words twisted up there. Because all glory to you, Lord. Without you, nothing is possible. Nothing everlasting is possible without you. 
And I just pray also for the health of everybody listening, for my own health. You know, we don't know what they're putting in all these chemicals and everything nowadays. It's in the air, it's in our water, it's in our food supply, it's in our detergents, it's in our clothing that they, you know, our cell phones, our electronics, our technology. I just pray for protection against all the evilness of the world, even the evilness we don't think about, the unseen evilness, the unseen darkness that's going on all around us. Especially with these technological breakthroughs coming out and everybody's all excited about it, but they don't realize that, you know, there's always evil with this with these technological breakthroughs that are coming out. And I pray, you know, that you protect us from these evils, Lord. And I pray that you protect us from the destruction and damnation of the world that's going on around us. And protect your sheep, protect your flock. I pray that you protect your flock in your holy name. In your holy name, Yahweh. Coming in with your son Yeshua. I pray, amen. Alright, that was a little long-winded, I'll admit it. Uh, just wasn't sure what I, what all I wanted to pray about. And sometimes, you know, it's not hard to pray. It's easy to pray when I'm praying by myself, you know. It's easy to pray to the Lord for things that I want, things that, you know, I, that the world needs. But, you know... Like sometimes the words don't come to you right away, you know, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that struggles with that. You know, sometimes it's, you know, I just I want to I want to pray for everybody in the world, and I want to pray for everything in the world to get better, you know, and uh, the dark the dark powers that men are allowed to run this world because if it wasn't for the men in control allowing these dark powers to have an influence in this world, they wouldn't really have an influence because we have dominion over this earth. We, humankind, have dominion over this earth. But these people that are in control of us, don't air quotes there, in control of us, you know, they they do deals with these demons and these devils, you know, for power and control over things. And then that allows these dark principalities and powers and these demonic forces, you know, to come in and work through these men and women that are in at the top to carry out their nefarious plans. And I'm not saying don't pray against that. You should always pray against that. I just wish, I just hope that there is a changing of the hearts of men and women around the world. And that they do open their eyes and they see the evilness and the vileness that's going on around them. But then again, there's so people that are so programmed and fall in line so easily with these agendas that they don't even question it at all. They just go right along with it. And they think that the, the governments or the other political leaders are going to save them from the coming wrath and destruction. And they're not going to. And these men and these women, they can make their plans and hide out underground in bunkers. But there'll be no place where they can hide from that God can't see or doesn't already know about. And they think that they have God fooled and they think they have God tricked. And they're somehow going to defeat him in the end. When we know that victory is his. Victory is the Lord's. And that's not going to change. The chess match is already over. The devil's just playing his game and moving the pawns around the board. You know, trying to set up the best strategy he can to hold it off for as long as possible. But when Yahweh says time's up, time's up. And nothing, the principalities of power or the evil men and women of this world... 
is do is going to change that. When the time is up, the time's up. When Yahweh says, you know what, I've had enough, time is up, it's up. And they can make the plans and they can, you know, set up their underground bunkers or, you know, their submarines or whatever type of technology they have to go underground or, you know, wherever they think, think they're going to go to escape. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And they're foolish to believe it is. You know, um, I'm not sad about it. I'm more sad about the world and the people that don't know and can't see what's going on. That's what makes me, my heart, upset. Not upset. That's the wrong word. That's what makes my heart ache for these people. Because they think, oh, this is just a temporary thing. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. You know, it's no problem that they're grooming children and they're telling kids that they can, you know, be whatever they want to be without telling the parents about it in the school districts and, and teaching them these messages. And that's just one of the problems. That's just one of the problems, you know, not to mention all the AI things that are coming out about how AI wants to destroy humanity because it sees us as a threat and knows that we're nothing good. In this world, you know, most of humanity is so corrupt and dark, you know, and I'm not just talking about the people at the top that are that are pull, pulling the strings of the puppets. I'm talking about humanity in general. You know, p- people, humanity in general anymore has no morals. It has no compassion, no love for its fellow brother or its fellow human being. You know, most people are just so selfish nowadays, not selfless or so selfish nowadays. They only care about what they can get, what they can do, how it's going to benefit them. You know, how many people do you know outside of the church that would actually do something for somebody else just out of the kindness of their heart because they knew it was the right thing to do? You know, how many people do you know that actually care about other people in a way that they would... um inconvenience themselves to help somebody with no reward for it you know and as I'm saying the hearts of men and women have grown cold and it's like they're so numb to what's going on that they just don't care or they just go along with it because they don't see any other choice or any other way out you know and that's why we need to start spreading the message more of the gospel yes there's people out there Preaching in the streets, getting ridiculed, getting mocked, being told that, you know, why are you preaching this fairy tale? Why are you preaching this, you know, crap? If God was going to come back, he would have came back already. Look how bad the world's gotten. But they don't realize that all this is happening is being set up by the principalities of darkness and the people that are worshiping the devil and Satan and that they want the, the ones that want the Antichrist to come into power to rule over the earth for a little bit. And all that craziness. See, you know, most people don't educate themselves to this because they think, you know, there's no point in looking at the Bible because they see things in the media about the Christian church. You know what I mean? It's mostly Catholicism, too, that you see in movies, medias, portrayals. There's always a Catholic priest doing something horrible to a person. Or, you know, or the Catholic priest is a drunk. Or... You know, a nun does something inappropriate with a, with a child or a priest does something inappropriate with a child. I'm just saying the, the message they put out there in the media about Christianity 
It's not a good message. So that's to drive people away from it, away from a relationship with God. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, the devil is going to do everything he can in his bag of tricks to drive people away from God, a relationship with God. Okay? And people that don't know the message of God and that he wants to have a relationship with them and he wants to love them and he wants them to submit to his will because his will be done, not ours, think that, all oh, that's just controlling. You just try to control my life. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, God doesn't control me. I have my own free will. I'm going to do what I want. That's fine and well, if that's how they think. But they at least need to be told the right message. The message being that once you submit your will to God, God will make your life flourish. He'll make your life so much better. Now, it's not going to be that the devil is going to stop trying to get you back because that'll never happen. The devil is always going to try to get you back, always try to get you to fall off the path and always go back to a way of sin. That way he feels like he has you trapped then. Oh, I got, got this person back. They fell back into sin. Oh, doesn't sin feel good? Doesn't it feel good to sin? Doesn't it feel better than, you know, living a righteous life? Because isn't this so much easier in your life? Isn't this easier, you know what I mean, to go along with, you know, what the rest of the world is doing because it feels good, it feels right, you know? And a lot of the people fall into that trap. I myself did for years, fell into that trap for years. You know, I was, even though I knew the truth of the Messiah, and I knew the truth that he sacrificed himself for us, made himself flesh for us to sacrifice, for us to, to give us a chance to have a relationship with him, to live an eternal life in the glory of his presence, in the glory of the Lamb, for the Lamb is the light of heaven. You know, and um, even myself, you know, I fell off and, got, and fell into the ways of the world. Because, you know, sin felt good. You know, oh, well, this, this is what being drunk feels like. Oh, this is great. Oh, this is what, you know, cocaine feels like. Man, this is awesome. Oh, these psychedelics are amazing. I, I'm seeing all kinds of awesome stuff. I'm having all kinds of revelations and thoughts and, you know, breaking the system down in my own head and thinking about things that I thought were complete truths, you know, that were hidden knowledges of the universe and all these things that I went through over the years, you know what I mean? And none of it lasted. None of it satisfied me. None of it is an everlasting peace and glory and joy. But you know what is? A relationship with the Lord, a relationship with Christ, a relationship with the Creator. He created us, not the other way around. You know, that whole adage that all oh, man created God as a 
fairy tale to control people and, and the mass populations of the world. That is one of the most ridiculous things I ever heard. All you got to do is walk outside and you can see the glory of the creator all around you. I mean, look at your own body. The human eye, how complex it is. You know, the blood in your veins and the fact that the arteries are set up perfectly to, to pump the blood through your veins from your through your heart into the arteries to keep the circulation going. The amount of oxygen in your blood that carries through your bloodstream to keep you alive. The fact that you can breathe without thinking about it. The fact that your heart just pumps by itself automatically. You know, or the, uh, let's say the urinary tract system, you know, your your body filters all the, the everything out through the kidneys and the liver and the blood and all that. And that, you know, and gets rid of the, the waste. And that's by intelligent design. That didn't happen from a single cell organism to what we are now, like evolution would have you believe. That's by intelligent design. And the intelligent design of the creator, the one above us, the one greater than any of us will ever be or ever could be. And, you know, another thing that's going on now, you know, is, is people are talking about, oh, cybernetic implant this. You know, you can transfer your consciousness to it. To a clone or a cybernetic body that way you can live forever in this world why would you want to live forever in this world for one this world is horrible anymore you know or they want everybody to go inside the metaverse to escape the reality of this world and plug into ai that way so they can live in us in a different realm a different existence outside of, the, of reality because they know that this world is corrupt and it becomes so you know immoral and wrong that they're like, oh, we can set up a virtual reality for people to live in. And if they live in there, then, you know, they won't be as um, burdened by the ways of the world. And they'll be able to escape for a little bit. And it'll be like a paradise to them. So they're literally trying to create their own heaven on earth. And they're trying to create their own immortality. By working on ways to sub or to, to transfer your consciousness onto a data disk of some sort. Or whatever it's going to be. I don't know the actual terminology of what... It's going to be what they're, whatever they're calling it. And then they're also working on creating an artificial soul. Um, some famous physicist, I can't remember his name right now. It's not Neil deGrasse Tyson or whatever he is. I don't even know if he's a physicist. But it's this, the other guy, the Asian guy with the long hair and stuff. Him and a couple other scientists, physicists, quantum physicists, whatever they are. The group of people that are working on creating an artificial soul so you can transfer your artificial consciousness into this artificial soul and put it in a cybernetic body and then be able to live forever on earth okay so there this is another thing that's going on with the evil of the world and these things that are happening all right so and the people that can't see this and like oh that'd be so great if i could transfer my consciousness somewhere else so I don't have to worry about dying so I don't have to die instead of accepting the one and only true way to eternal life which is accepting the Messiah's, uh, the Messiah's sacrifice that he died for your sins then rose from the grave three days later and came back defeating death and living a life for the Messiah and glory of Yahweh okay but people don't want to do that. They don't want to sacrifice their worldly desires. They don't want to sacrifice their flesh to feed the spirit. And we need more people willing to sacrifice their flesh to feed the spirit and preaching the truth and putting the truth out there to save these souls. Because this artificial soul crap isn't going to work. 
even if they are successful in getting a model up and running, Yahweh is going to destroy it anyway. Yahweh is going to wipe it out. You know what I mean? He's not going to leave any of the evil that's in this world now. None of it's going to stand in the new world, in the new heaven. Like, and these people that are creating these things, they they know this, or they think they're going to win in the end. You know, the people that are doing this science and this artificial intelligence and this, you know, opening up the portals with CERN. Now I heard there's even more stations that are going to be, going to be like CERN being built around the world that are even supposed to be more powerful than the hydrogen collider that CERN's running. Because now they have the technology figured out to how to make it even more powerful. So who knows what kind of dimensions and portals they're going to be opening up whenever they get those up and running, if they're not already up and running. You know, and, uh, yeah. So anybody listening, you know, friends, family you want to talk to, co-workers, Spread the message. Get the message out there because it is it is getting dangerously short. The times that we're in. Now, I don't know if I talked about this before or not, but one thing I do want to mention real quick, bring up. So, I think I talked a little bit about Adam. You know, I know I, I know I talked about Adam and how when he, he him and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you know. The Lord said, surely you will die this day. And then he lived another 930 years past that. And then, so it's a day, you know, so the day of the Lord was less than a thousand years. So within that day, according to the Lord, God, who knows more than we do, within that day to him, Adam did die. He died before a day was up, before a thousand year period ran up after Hitting from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Okay, so our days and our time frame is not the same as the creator's. The creator exists outside of the realm of time. Okay, he created everything that makes time. So, of course, he exists outside of time. So, the way we view time versus the way the creator views time are two completely different things. And we have to understand that. We have to realize that, that we may think, oh, you know, the Messiah, it's been 2,000 years. He didn't come back yet. Well, to him, it's only been two days, okay? You know what I mean? It's only been two days. It's been less than three days to him. So, if... This is just my own thought. This is just, this is my own thought, you know? It's just me. So, if the Messiah, when he, when he went and conquered death and rose from the grave three days later, and he told his disciples, he told his apostles... I'll be back soon. Okay? So, soon, we're thinking, oh, it's been 2,000 years. That's not soon. To him, it's been a little over two days because year 2023 now, or at least they tell us we're in the year 2023. According to the Enochian calendar and other time adjustments over the years, we could be still in 2015, you know, for all, for all we really know in true reality. Or we could be farther ahead. We could be in the year 2000 and. 77 and not know it. You know what I mean? I'm just saying they've, they've changed calendars and time frames and time scales so much over history that we don't know if we're actually actually in 2023. We just think we are because that's what we're told. We're in 2023. By the way, I did a lot of air quotes there with all that. So I just wanted to just talk about 
that before I got into re reading the Book of Enoch. And part of that is because the Book of Enoch, I believe in Book 2, does go into the Enochian calendar and the time frame for what the Creator had originally set up for us to be able to look at the stars and recognize the time frame in which we're in and the signs of the times that we're in. And uh, it is called the Enochian calendar, so I'm guessing, or I know for a fact it is in here somewhere, the Enochian calendar. And I'm not sure if it's in uh, book two or book three, but I will get to it eventually, because I'm going to re read through this entire book, and as I do these worship casts for you guys and ladies. So, I just found it interesting, the fact that, you know, he says, surely you will die this day. And he lived another 930 years, Adam did, or Adam, actually, I think is how his actual name is pronounced, Adam. And, you know, the creator doesn't lie. The creator does not lie. So, because it was less than a thousand years after he had eaten that, the tree, he died. So, it was within a day to the creator. So... You know, whenever the age of Pisces does officially end according to the Enochian calendar, and the age of Aquarius comes in, when the new age comes in, that's when the beast is going to come into power. Alright? So, with the Enochian calendar, the time frame being set up, it could be, you know, another 35, 40, 50, 60, 70, even 80 years. You know, I'm gonna have to look, I'm gonna have to look, look through the Book of Enoch and and, and try to figure out the Enochian calendar and what it says in there and how to be the signs and study into it to try to figure out an actual time frame. But to us, that seems like such a long time 15, 20, 30, 40, 80 years, whatever. But to our Creator, that is a very short amount of time. You know, that's why the Messiah said, that's why Yeshua said, I'll be, I'll return soon, I'll be back soon. Watch the skies. Watch the signs. I'm coming back soon. You know, and I've heard people make jokes about it before. Oh, he said he was coming back soon. It's been over 2,000 years. Jesus got to be black because he's on black people time. You know, things like that. I've heard comedians say and other people make references to it because they're looking at time through a human perspective, through our perspective. They're not looking at it from the creator's perspective. Okay, not that we can understand the creator. I'm just trying to wrap my head around it a little bit myself and put this message out there for you guys to think about too in terms of time and what it means to the creator versus what it means to us all right i'm actually going to start reading now in enoch so let me get it all right so starting in book two chapter 37 it's called the book of parables all right so a second vision which he saw, the vision of wisdom, which Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalalo, Mahalalo, I don't know how to say some of these names in here, I'm sorry for mispronouncing them for anybody that does know the proper way to say them, I'm just doing the best I can, I mean, it's a lot of M, an M, a lot of A's, H's, L's, and E-L's, so Mahalalalo, Mahalalel, yeah, I butchered that, Okay, so anyway, chapter 37, uh, verse 2 then says, The son of Canaan, the son of Enos, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, saw. And this is the beginning of the words of wisdom which I lifted up my voice to speak and say to those which dwell on earth, 
Hear, you men of old time, and see, you that come after the words of the Holy One, which I will speak before the Lord of Spirits. The words are for the men of old time. The words are for the men of old time, and to those that come after. We will not withhold the beginning of wisdom from this present day. Such wisdom has never been given by the Lord of Spirits as I have received according to my insight, according to the good pleasure of the Lord of Spirits, by whom the lot of eternal life has been given to me. The Lord of Spirits, the good pleasure of the Lord of Spirits, by whom the lot of eternal life has been given to me. It's the only way. The only way is through, through the Lord. Now three parables were imparted to me, and I lifted up my voice and recounted them to those that dwelt on the earth. And this is where chapter 38 starts. So let's make sure I'm on the right page. Yep. Okay, so chapter 38, verse 1 says, The first parable, when the congregation of his righteous shall appear, and sinners shall be judged for their sins, and shall be driven from the face of the earth. And when the righteous ones shall appear before the eyes of the elect righteous ones, whose works are weighed by the Lord of spirits, light shall appear to the righteous and the elect who dwell on the earth. Where will there be the dwelling for sinners? And where the and where the will there be a resting place for those who have denied the Lord of spirits? It had been good for them if they had not been born. Let me reread that real quick. <clears throat> and when the righteous ones shall appear before the eyes of the elect, righteous ones... Whose work Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. ...are weighed by the Lord of Spirits. Light shall appear to the righteous and the elect who dwell on the earth. Where will there be the dwelling for sinners, and where the will there be a resting place for those... Who have denied the Lord of Spirits. And where the will there be a resting place for those who have denied the Lord of Spirits. It had been good for them if they had not been born. So to me, it's saying it's better to not have been it's better to have not ever been born than it is to live a life hearing what the truth is, hearing the gospel, and then choosing to deny and say it's nothing, it's it's made up fairy tales, it's all a bunch of hogwash made to control people because you're denying the grace and the gift that the Lord is offering to you for eternal life. But we as humans tend to be so selfish and stubborn and believe the deceits and lies of the enemy that we are not willing to sacrifice our flesh to feed the spirit. So this is what John chapter one, verse one through five says in the beginning 
was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Right. Uh, chapter 38, verse 3. When the secrets of the righteous shall be revealed, and the sinners judged, and the godless driven from the presence of the righteous and elect. From that time, those that possess the earth shall no longer be powerful and mighty. And they shall not be able to look at his face of the Holy One, because the Lord of Spirits has caused his light to appear on the face of the Holy, righteous and elect. So, like, you know, there's going to be those locusts that come up from, from the underworld, right? That are going to wreak havoc on humanity for five months, three months, five, five months, I believe. They're going to be able to wreak havoc on humanity, but they will not be able to touch those that are blessed and saved by the grace of the Messiah. Because they won't be able to look upon our faces because we're going to have the righteousness of the Lord shining through us. Okay, They will not be able to look upon our faces to come near us to attack us or torture us because we have been saved by the grace of the Almighty, but through the through the sacrifice of the Messiah. All right, so you know the Lord knew, God knew that you know before the rapture happens that there's going to be plagues and famine and destruction and all kinds of craziness all around the world, because that's how the Antichrist is going to rise into power. Okay, because there's going to be so much chaos in the world that the world is going to want an answer. The world's going to look for somebody. To take them and put them out of all this chaos that's going on. You know, and the, the demonic species that, you know, are going to be walking the earth. And all the craziness happening. And uh, I don't know if anybody saw the video about a month ago came out. On You Won't Believe Me Official on his page on Instagram. They caught a demon fleeing. And at the Braz- after the Brazilian concert, or the Brazilian... Um, festival and the next day with all that flooding someone captured a demon going across the water like you know getting away from the flooding area and people say oh it might have just been a shadow it might have been this or might have been that and you know I feel like they're skeptics and I feel like we should think about things intelligently but the way that thing moved the way it went from hiding in the shadows to, to, to it looks like it almost morphed and then floated over top of the water. And it was fast too. It didn't seem like a shadow to me. It seemed more like a demonic spirit. You know, because the concert in Brazil was so demonic and so filled with satanic rituals and paganism and the mocking of God and the mocking of his son, the Messiah. You know, that I'm sure that there was many demonic spirits and energies there. And they were there enjoying you know, these festivities or pushing the festivities along. And then the next day, whenever, you know, Yahweh said, all right, you want to play around? I'll show you some playing around. And flooded Brazil. Those, some of those demonic spirits that were in that area knew they better get out of Dodge fast. And I feel like that somebody that did definitely capture a demonic spirit fleeing the scene. So the demonic spirits have always been here. You know, that's the thing. They've always been here. Just like the Nephilim have always been here. You know, I didn't... 
whenever I, you know, think about the days of Noah and how giants walked the earth then, okay, well, the Nephilim are the spirits of the giants that were killed off during the flood. You know, they're, 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 that's where the demons came from. They're souls, they're spirits. And they were bound to the earth. So, in that sense, the Nephilim never left the earth because the demonic spirits of their, their demons, their souls, are still here. Right? So, even though there's been a few sightings of giants, and there's been people that have said that there's giants working underground with scientists, like 10 to 15 feet tall, maybe there might be even some even larger than that, the spirits of the giants have always been here. And I'm sure, I'm sure that uh, Satan and his armies are going to have actual giants on their side too, fighting. Not just the demonic spirits that are still here, but actual giants. You know, and uh, with all the, all, the, all the gene cloning and everything they got going on nowadays, you know, um, the, the, the Kandahari giant, okay, he's a 14-foot tall giant, and he was killed during Operation Freedom, you know, after 9-11 and all that, whenever they were over there, and they were going through the caves. i not sure if I talked about it on here or not, but, you know, a group of uh, U.S. soldiers came across a giant in one of the caves there. So they killed this giant eventually. It took it took them a little while to kill it, but they did eventually kill this giant. And they brought it back to an undisclosed location back back here to America. And I wouldn't be surprised if they took some of its cells and its DNA and had been cloning giants from it, recreating giants from it since because it was a fresh specimen it was only killed recently and it was in the military killed it so you know they brought it back here and to an undisclosed location and that was back in 2007 so 16 years later you know who's to say that they didn't clone it and have been growing giants from that ever since not only that but also um you know, I talked about Hitler on here before and how all his occult practices and searchings and all the things he was looking for in the occult. You know, who knows what kind of stuff they came across that the U.S. government seized up in Operation Paperclip whenever they divided the Nazi scientists between us and the Russians. Who knows, you know, what information they got <coughs> during Operation Paperclip. Well, and giants and other occult things as well. So, I believe there are real physical giants on the earth. But I also know that the spirits of the original giants, the demons, are still here too. And um, they haven't made themselves known yet. But I believe they will at some point. And before... You know, I believe they will make themselves known at some point before all the crazy chaos goes down. Like, they're going to, like, I feel like they might try to introduce them into society to make it, like, a normal thing. Like, oh, you're working with giants now. You're going to you're gonna work with these, you know, extraterrestrial, not extraterrestrial beings, but you're going to work with these giants. We need them on our side. You know, we, you know think, about, think about the military using giants. As military power. You know, or think about the people that are going to resist this. 
and how many people might double think resisting it when they see a 15, 16, 17 foot giant standing there saying, you better comply. If you don't comply, I'll break every bone in your body and crush your skull. You know, there's got to be a lot of people that are like, hey, okay, well, I'll comply. I'll comply. I don't, I don't, want, I don't want to be tortured. I don't want to be put through the pain. You know, I'm just saying this is just something I personally think. Um, but I do feel it to be true. You know, I think that they are going to have giants in the everyday world around us to make it normal. You know, to normalize it, just like they're normalizing all this other crazy stuff in the world nowadays. You know, the more you desensitize people to it, the more normal it becomes, the more accepted it becomes. So, we'll see. So, anyway. <clears throat> so, yeah, I just want to reread uh, verse 4 again. From that time, those that possess the earth shall no longer be powerful and mighty, and they shall not be able to look the face of the holy ones because the lord of spirits has caused his light to appear on the face of the holy righteous and elect mm, that's amazing so second corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 says but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the lord are changed in the same image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of the lord Then the kings and the mighty shall be destroyed and be turned over into the hands of the righteous and holy. And from then on, none shall seek mercy from the Lord of Spirits for themselves, for their life is at an end. All right. So, chapter five, I mean, verse five and verse six in chapter 38. That's a really short chapter. I didn't realize it was only six verses long. Um, but anyway. So it says, then the kings and the mighty shall be destroyed and be turned over into the hands of the righteous and holy. So the kings and the mighty, right? I believe there's the kings of old and the watcher angels, you know, the mighty watcher angels that, you know, came down and corrupted mankind more than uh, Lucifer already had or Satan already had. Um, you know, because it says that we will judge the angels, the that we, the elect, the saved ones, the, the ones that have given their life over to, to the Lord and are saved through His grace, who will judge these angels for the crimes they committed against humanity. And it says right here that the kings and the mighty shall be destroyed and be turned over into the hands of the righteous and holy. So we're going to judge these evil, demonic, wicked things. You know, that's that's the Lord has said it, so we will do it. Oh my gosh. Sorry, I'm getting a bunch of people sending me messages and sending me clips of, of, of crazy videos and things like that, which I'll get to later. I just, my phone was going beep, 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 beep. So I just wanted to check it real quick. Um, so yeah, chapter 39. Here we go. And it shall come to pass in those days that the elect and holy children will descend from the high heaven and their offspring will become one with the children of men. Okay, authors note. Let's see what he says. Here we have a verse that can be interpreted in various ways. The holy children from the high heaven could be the spirits of the righteous dead. However, other verses seem to suggest that those souls are being held until judgment. Enoch 38.1. Yes, exactly. Mentions a judgment, and this could be the one we seek to re one we seek to release the souls and make 
this verse mesh well. Other theories regarding this verse have been put forward by those who believe God will give his consent to angels that they may finally freely mix with people. This seems unlikely given the previous reaction. Lastly, though it's talking about you know last reaction whenever the, the watchers left heaven, you know what I mean, and rebelled against God and came down here and, and taught us all those things that I was just talking about with the cutting of the roots and you know, working of metals and makeup and sorcery and magic and all that. However, if God, now this is, this is just me thinking about it. If God says, hey, the, the humans that are, that are down there, the ones that are saved, go be with them, go guide them. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. You know, but that goes, hold on. And then it says, this seems unlikely given the previous reaction. Lastly, those involved with the UFO studies point to this verse as an indication of contact. Well, as I've talked about on here before, UFOs and aliens are nothing but a trick from the devil. Nothing but a trick from Satan. You know what I mean? They're nothing but a distraction to pull people away from thinking, believing in the one true creator. Because like, oh, well, if aliens are real... Then who made them? If God made us, then, you know, who, who made the aliens? Well, you know, the aliens are a creation of a bunch of different abomination, abominable things that the enemy uses to trick people into falling away from God. That's my opinion on that. It could be, you know, wrong. I mean, there could be a whole other breed of alien species out there that God created, but I feel like that's highly, highly unlikely. I feel like, you know, that's, like, not the case at all, really. You know, I, I think aliens and these intelligent beings are nothing but the fallen ones masquerading as different beings to trick humanity into falling away from following God. Um, but, yeah, it says, you know, I just want to read it. It says, here we have a verse that can be interpreted in various ways. The holy children from the high heaven could be the spirits of the righteous dead. However, the verses seem to suggest that those souls are being held until judgment. Yeah, like, like, like we talked about last week, like we talked about last week. In Enoch 38, verse 1, which is right here, the first parable, when the congregation of the righteous shall appear and sinners shall be judged for their sins and shall be driven from the face of the earth. But when the congregation of the righteous shall appear, so that's before chapter 38, Okay, that's before chapter 39, verse 1. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So in chapter 38, verse 1, 
And it's the first parable, not the second parable. So if the judgment has already occurred at this point, where the dead souls, the ones that were non-believers, are, have been judged and sent to where they're going to be forever, the lake of fire, and the souls of the righteous are now in, in walking in the kingdom of heaven because the judgment happened on them, then won't the angels be able to, to mingle with them? You know, won't they be able to mingle with the righteous ones that, you know, have already been judged and, and found their way into the kingdom of heaven? You know, and are they then coming back with them to, to destroy Satan's armies, you know, in the great battle of Armageddon? Well, I don't know. Let's read on and see if it has anything else to say about that. But first, I'm going to read Revelation 21, chapters 1 through 5, because that's here as a footnote underneath what it just said. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Okay, so, like I just said, the bride of Christ is going to be the church. Okay? So, if, if everything happened, then why would it not, why would we not be able to, if God is living with us, then why would we not be able to intermingle with the angels? I don't understand why the authors don't even put this, put this in here. I understand it's a, you know, can misinterpret it a couple ways, but to me, it says right here, and in, and it shall come to pass in those days that the elect and holy children will descend from the high heavens, and their offspring will become one with the children of men, meaning that we're going to be together. In the new in the new earth and the new heaven, I don't think it's saying that we're going to intermingle and actually have physical relationships with them like this person. And the author's note is saying that I don't think that at all. I think it's just going to be the fact that we're able to walk with the angels and talk with them and be amongst them and you know enjoy fellowship with them. That's that's to me what that means. Um, but yeah, we're only righteous, like it says here in chapter three, verse four. From that from that time. Those that possess the earth shall no longer be powerful and mighty, and they shall not be able to look at the face of the holy ones, because the Lord of spirits has caused his light to appear on the face of the holy. We're not holy, and we're not elect, because we're not angels. But we are righteous through Christ. Through Christ's forgiveness of our sins and dying for us and being Messiah, we become righteous in Christ, not Christ righteous in us. We are righteous through Christ. Okay, so I feel like now this is just my, my take on this. But I feel like when it says the righteous, it's not about us because it says that we will not be affected by these locusts that are going to come from the underworld during the days of, you know, the power of the Antichrist is in. Because, um, you know, I I personally think the rapture is going to happen after the Antichrist is in power for a little bit. Because that's going to be the true test of faith, I think. You know, are people going to turn away from God to follow the new Jesus, the new Christ, because of how dire the world has become, you know, or are they going to stick to their faith and show that they actually love 
you know, Yahweh and that they, you know, believe in the Messiah and they believe in the words and they hold it true to their hearts and they know that they're going to be saved, you know, um, before things get real bad with the Antichrist in power, you know. So, God tells us we'll be protected from the things that are occurring, but we won't be here for the whole thing because we're going to go back to heaven. We're going to go back. We're going to go back to heaven. We're going to get called up to heaven in the rapture to become the bride of Christ. You know, the church, the people of the church around the world, the believers in the Messiah, we are going to be Christ's bride, and we are we are to be preparing ourselves for His return. You know, to 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 be a worthy bride to the bridegroom that is the Messiah. That is Yeshua. That's why we are to live our lives to be as spotless as possible. And as clean as possible. Because you can't have unholiness and sin and corruption and deceit and deception and craziness like that. You can't have that in a holy, perfect place. Such as the kingdom of heaven. Okay? So... I feel like, you know, without faith... In the end, whenever everything gets all crazy, like real crazy, you, you without having faith in God, even through the darkest of times, you can't be truly convicted. So that author's note just, just threw me off a little bit, and I just, just wanted to talk about it, you know, and work it out, and if, I don't know, just, the author's note, just, I was just like, eh, I don't, don't know about that. But anyway, and in those days Enoch received books of indignation and wrath and books of turmoil and confusion. There will be no mercy for them, says the Lord of Spirits. And in this do- and in those days a whirlwind carried me off from the earth and set me down at the end of heaven. There I saw another vision, the dwelling place of the holy and the resting place of the righteous. Here my eyes saw the dwelling place of his righteous angels and the resting place of the holy ones. And they petitioned and interceded and prayed for the children of men, and righteousness flowed before them, like water and mercy fell like dew on the earth. Thus it is among them forever and ever. And in that place my eyes saw the elect one of righteousness and of faith, and I saw his dwelling place under the wings of the Lord of Spirits. So, in chapter 39, verse 5, says, Here my eyes saw the dwelling place of his righteous angels and the resting places of the holy ones. And they petitioned and interceded and prayed for the children of men. And righteousness flowed before them like water, and mercy fell like dew on the earth. Thus it is among them forever and ever. So, when we pray, when we pray, we know that Yahweh hears our prayers. There's also holy ones and angels praying for the children of men, for the for the wicked way, not praying for the wickedness in the world, they're praying against the wickedness in the world, probably pr- praying for inter- intercedings, you know, for mercy, you know, um, on us, on humanity, you know. You have these holy ones and the angels praying also on our behalf. Because they are our older brothers 
and our older siblings. You know, they are the elder race, the angels. They were created before we were. And if your younger brother or younger sister was in trouble, you know, and you could see they were in trouble, but you couldn't physically go do anything about it because you weren't able to, you would pray for them. You would pray for them to, to, to turn away from their sins, to, to turn away from their evil, to become better, to find a relationship with, with the Savior. And I feel like that's what the angels are doing and the Holy Ones are doing here. They're praying for those that don't already know God to find a relationship with Him. You know, maybe they're praying like, you know, Lord, let these people come to you. Let these lost souls find their way to you. You know, it doesn't say specifically what they're praying for, but it says that they're interceding and prayed for the children of men and righteousness flowed before them like water and mercy fell like dew on the earth. Thus it is among them forever and ever. So maybe through their prayers as well, it allows more mercy on the earth because we are so far devoid of a relationship with God in this world and the way it's run. You know, I'm surprised it hasn't ended already, to be honest with you. I'm, you know, I'm surprised it hasn't ended already. You know, look back at Sodom and Gomorrah and how vile and wicked they were. You know, and they were very vile and wicked. They even tried to, you know, they asked, you know, if the angels were coming to fornicate with them. The angels that showed up at the gates. You know, and they wanted to, they wanted to know what it would be like to, to fornicate with an angel. So that right there is just extremely vile and wicked in itself. And yes, if they were horrible places. And then you look at the world around us. And not only now is homosexuality a normalized thing. And transgenderism is a normalized thing. They're now also pushing for pedophilia to become a normalized thing. You know, it's with all these grooming is going on. If you can get, if you can get, if you can convince the public that kids are just as sexually charged and provocative as an adult human being and that they know what they're doing because they're making the choice to do it consciously, not being forced into it, even though you're kind of brainwashing them into making these choices. Not kind of, they are brainwashing them into making these choices if they're going to push for this legalization. That is so wrong and disgusting that I ah I man it make it make it makes me angry and I'm I and I know the Lord says not to let anger fill your heart because you know it's 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 wrong to, to stay angry and you're supposed to love those your neighbors you know Jesus loves them you know Messiah loves them even though they're doing these despicable evil acts you're supposed to be angry at the act and not the person. And sometimes it's hard to differentiate that, especially when it comes to children. It's so hard to differentiate that sometimes. You know, but I just have to remember that. I got to remember, hey, you know, be mad at the sin, not at the person. But what do you do? And I'm just asking this question in general. What do you do, though, when the person willingly, willingly rejects the love of the Messiah and the love of Christ willingly serves Satan and willingly 
goes after the lustful desires and wants to continue doing things with these children, knowing that it's wrong, knowing that it's not right, and they just don't care. And they don't want to turn away from their sins, and they don't want to turn towards God. I believe you're not supposed to waste your time on people like that. You know, for it's better for them to tie a millstone around their neck and throw themselves into the deepest part of the ocean than it is for them to be born, than it was for them to be born, to touch any hair on a child's head and harm them. And that's what these people are doing. Maybe they're not physically harming them, but they're definitely harming. They're harming their spirit. They're harming their soul. They're harming their innocence. And to me... I'm not saying that physical abuse is good. I just feel like when you're taking away a kid's innocent, there's emotional scars and emotional trauma. They don't heal from that, you know? They don't heal from that. They carry that with them. And they may not realize it at the time, but years later down the line, they're going to look back and think about it, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to emotionally traumatize them. You know, uh, I saw a video the other day about these these transgenders, transgendered people that are now detransitioning and they made the choices as young adults to transition completely and now a few years later they're regretting it and they're wanting to detransition as much as possible back to being what they were biologically born as and these are people that were like 18, 19, 20 years old when they made the choice and they thought they knew what they wanted and had it figured out and they're realizing now in their mid-20s you know, that this is this was a horrible decision. I should have never made this decision. I wish, you know, the one guy said he wishes he never would have got bottom surgery. Because as much as he thought he was a, a female, he knows now that he's not. And he never will be. And the, the trans community is attacking these people. Saying that they're spreading hate and misinformation. When all they're doing is speaking their truth, right? And it doesn't, isn't that part of the trans communities agenda speak your truth well these people are speaking the truth of what they went through and the experiences that it caused for them and how they regret it and the trans community is trying to silence these people but now now you have groups of people influencing children that can't even make a decision on what they want for breakfast or what kind of clothes they want to wear that day maybe or what movie they want to watch that night with their parents. And these parents are willingly going along with it saying, Oh, my child is so brave. Oh, they're, they're so great. This is what they wanted. They were they wore a dress once when they were two years old. So I knew they wanted to be a girl. Because they wore, they wore one of their older sister's dresses. Or, oh, I knew she wanted to be a boy because she preferred playing with a football over Barbie dolls. That's the type of hypocrisy... And, and logic these people were using to justify them transitioning their kids at such a young age and the kids are going along with it because the parents are supposed to protect them and know what's right for them and help them make the best decisions. So these kids, because their parents are telling them it's okay, go along with it because these are their guardians. These are the people that are supposed to be protecting them. And these kids... Think, oh, my parents wouldn't tell me that this if it was bad for me. They're my parents. They love me. So they're going along with it. And think about think about that. So that the six-year-old starts transitioning, taking hormone blockers, whatever. I'm just using that as an example. That person gets to 22, 23 years old, maybe even before that. 
looks back on their life, absolutely hates the person they've transitioned themselves into. So now they're going to resent themselves for the... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What they, for what they did themselves. And then they're going to resent and hate their parents because their parents allowed them to do this and didn't put a stop to it and see the nonsense that it was. Okay. So, and it says that also in, you know, Revelations, how parent, children and parents will, will be at each other's throats. And brother against brother, and sister against sister, and father against son, and mother against daughter. Neighbor against neighbor. Now, all these things are going to happen in, in the end times, too. Okay? So how do you get to that point? Yes, there's, there's families that don't necessarily get along, but there's not a lot of families that literally want to kill each other or hate each other to the point, you know, to where it's all around the world. So... I feel like this trans agenda thing is is kind of part of how you get to that. Because if you have adults that made the choice to transition as adults, regretting it a few years later, if they would have been doing it as kids because their parents told them it was the right thing to do because, you know, they would love them and accept them no matter what, but then later the kid hates the choice they made. They hate the body that they're in. They hate that they transitioned. It's going to create so much resentment and disgust towards their parents, that they're going to look at them and, and probably be very angry and violent with them. And not only that, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that anybody who grows up in that type of household probably doesn't know anything about Christ or the Bible or the the good message. You know, because their parents probably didn't have them in church. Or if they did have them in church, it was one of these churches that are okay with the trans gay agenda and saying it's okay because God made you this way. He didn't make mistakes. He, If he made you to where you feel like you're a boy that wants to be a girl and that's what God wants for you. So go ahead and do that. And they're preaching these false messages and they're leading these people to hell. So then this person's going to be mad at God then too. Like, oh, well, you know, my, my church told me that God made me this way. That God wanted me to be a boy turned into a girl or a girl turned into a boy. And if that's what God wants, why would God do that to me? Why would God make me hate myself? So then they're in turn going to hate God on top of everything else they hate about themselves now and about the life that they had growing up. So it's just a trifecta. They hate themselves, they hate their parents, and then they hate God. Because if they are in church, it's going to be one of them churches that accepts this lifestyle and isn't preaching the true gospel, isn't preaching the true message, isn't teaching about hellfire and the like of hellfire and isn't teaching about the gnashing of teeth and the weeping out and the screams and the cries that are going to be in hell 
and the darkness of it and the fact that they're going to be alone even though they're going to hear screams around them forever they will never actually be able to see or touch anybody else I mean a dark desolate place forever surrounded by a lake of fire they aren't teaching this in those churches so these kids growing up in these churches that are pushing this message aren't getting the real meat of the gospel, the truth of it, which is that it's an abomination to change your biology. It goes against God's design. It's an abomination to be homosexual and not be fruitful and multiply with a man and woman coming into union with God at the forefront of that marriage. And it's an abomination to tell people that God made them this way and it's okay, that God loves them. Yes, God loves them. But God does not want you to change your biology. God does not want you to go from a boy to a girl or vice versa. That's saying God made a mistake. And God doesn't make mistakes. Okay? He is the perfect creator of everything. And they are not teaching that in these churches that are pushing this message of acceptance of the LGBTQ plus alphabet community. They aren't, they aren't teaching these truths. And that's another reason why the church has been so lost. Because anytime a church tries to stand up and preach out against these false teachings and false prophets, that church gets labeled as bigotry. And that church gets labeled as hateful. That church gets labeled as slanderous. Because they're preaching the truth and the message of Christ. And it's high time we stood up against it. It's high time we started making our voices known. And taking back the church. And preaching the truth. And telling people... What they're doing is wrong and they're going to end up in the lake of fire. Because I'm sick and tired of seeing kids being used as science experiments. And the depopulation agenda taking place in front of our eyes. Nobody's doing anything about it. There are people doing something about it, but not enough of us are. We need more of us to stand up against this, to speak out against it. And we need to put laws into place that say you got to put a stop to this. And Florida is going to be the sixth state. That puts a stop to these transitioning of kids and stuff. And we need to be more like Uganda and ban LGBTQ communities and say if you you know practice that and you and you and you go along with that, then you're gonna go to prison because it's wrong and it's an abomination against God and his design. Instead of being so weak and catering to these politicians and you know, and states saying, oh, we'll do what the federal the federal government tells us we have to do because if we don't, we won't get funding. And they're going to embezzle that funding anyway and line their pockets and make themselves richer. And we have men and women in power that don't care about you, the people. They care about themselves. They care about I, 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 I. What can I get out of this? How can I get money from this? What, can I, what kind of deal can I get? You know, and that's where we're at as a country, as a world. We're corrupt and we've been deceived and we've been lied to by our political leaders, by the people in power. We've been lied to for too long now. You know, our own government has experimented on the people of this country for far too long in their, in their sick, twisted experiments to see the effects of drugs on people, and especially in the black community, you know, and the, and the Native American community. They've been done so dirty. And then also, you know, of course, poor white communities too have been done dirty. But guess what? Most of the time, poor white communities are living right along with the poor black communities, so they don't care if they're killing the poor whites off. And, and, and the blacks, because to them, to the government, you're nothing but, you're less than second-class citizens. Now, they say that they care about you, and they say that they're for you. Then, why do they have abortion clinics in almost every country, in almost every city across the country, and small towns across the country? Why is abortion even an option? It shouldn't be. Abortion should not be an option. 
You know what I mean? Because they're just killing God's design. You're killing you're killing a a seed of you're killing a seed of life that God knew before it even was in the mother's womb. Okay? God creates life. Parents come together, culminate, you know, in um culminating the marriage and the seed plant and the fur and the egg and gets fertilized. And then the baby, you know, develops inside the mother's womb and to be born and to have a life and flourish and, you know, bring something into this world that hasn't been brought into the world before. You know, we all have a design. We all have a purpose given to us by God. And God knows our purpose before we're even formed in our mother's womb. But then these, you know, demonic abortion clinics that are worshiping Baal Satan, Moloch, all the same God, as he likes to call himself, or itself, whatever it is. That's all that they're all funded by these occultic groups from way back in the day. And they're continuing the practice of sacrifice to Baal. You know, so when they abort a baby, once the baby's dead, the ones that the, the fetal cells they don't sell off to people around the world to using their skin serums or whatever else they're using it for. You know what they do with those babies? They burn them. They burn those babies in an incinerator. Okay? Just like Baal had men and women sacrifice their children to him by burning, burning these kids alive. Or maybe they killed them before they burnt them. The point is. These babies are still being incinerated and burnt just like Baal wanted them to do for sacrifice to him. He wanted the babies to be burnt. He wanted their, their, them to be burnt. And that's what these abortion clinics do. The ones that have like late-term abortions, the baby's pretty much you know, is fully developed. And it's alive and it's in this womb, but oh, you know what? You didn't you didn't give birth yet, so you know since you didn't break the water, even though you're eight and a half months pregnant, you want to have an abortion? Okay, sure, we'll do that for you. And then they kill the baby, and they pull it out part by part by part, piece by piece, get it all out of the mother's womb. And then what do they do? They burn those parts in an incinerator. They're still sacrificing to ball, and it's wrong, and it's disgusting, and I hate it. I hate the evil of it. The people that practice it openly, I hate their evil. Okay? You know, and uh, why is the marginalized group of abortions, why are they mostly black, black communities, black kids? Because they don't care about us. Any of us. That's why they're poisoning our air with chemtrails. The only person that cares about us the way we wish our government would care about us is our creator he does care about us he loves us he wants to see us flourish he wants to see us have the best life possible but that's not possible if you don't have a relationship with him he keeps knocking at your door he's knocking on your heart he's saying let me in let me in and you keep closing the door and you keep pushing away you keep rejecting him you know a relationship is a two-way street he wants a relationship with you, but if you don't want one with him, then there's not going to be any relationship. That'd be like you wanting to date somebody, but they 
don't want to date you. You can't have a relationship, a one-sided relationship. You can't say you're dating someone when they don't even know who you are. Just like if you don't know who God is, you can't say that he's never done anything for you or he's never helped you. If you don't have a relationship with him, and that's these people that don't believe, oh, well, what's God ever done for me? Why would I want to have a relationship with him? He's never done anything for me. Do you have a relationship with him? Have you pr- Are you praying? Are you reading your Bible daily? Are you getting in the word? Are you listening to his message? Are you being obedient to the things he asks you to do? Well, no. No, but it's he's God. He should be able to just do it. God will do it, but you have to submit and sacrifice your flesh too, and you have to admit you're a sinner. You have to repent of your sins and truly mean it and give your life over. You can't just sit around and think that God's going to do something for you when you don't even acknowledge him as your creator and that he's real and you say it's a fairy tale, but then you expect things from him. You expect him to bless your life and you don't, when you don't even want to take the time to read his word and pray and spread the message, get out of here. That's like going up to a, a multimillionaire and saying, give me $100,000 just because I know you have the money to. When they don't know you, why would they just give you $100,000? It's not going to happen. That's just foolish. And trust me, the creator, he's no fool. All right. Back to Enoch. Okay. So, chapter 39, verse 4. Oh, never mind. Verse 6. And in that place, my eyes saw the elect one of righteousness and of faith. And I saw his dwelling place under the wings of the Lord of Spirits. I guess I did already read that. I lost my pants. Okay. Verse 8, and righteousness shall prevail in his days, and the righteous and elect shall be innumerable, and will be before him forever and ever. And all the righteous and elect ones before him shall be as bright as fiery lights, and their mouth shall be full of blessing, and their lips shall praise the name of the Lord of Spirits. Righteousness and truth before him shall never fail. There I wish to dwell, and my spirit longed for that dwelling place. And thus it was decided, and my portion was assigned and established by the Lord of Spirits. In those days I praised and exalted the name of the Lord of Spirits with blessings and praises, because he had destined for me blessings and glory according to the good pleasure of the Lord of Spirits. For a long time my eyes looked at that place, and I blessed him and praised him, saying, Blessed is he, and may he be blessed from the beginning and forevermore, and in his presence there is no end. He knows before the world was created what is forever and what will be from generation to generation. Those who do not sleep bless you. They stand before your glory and, and bless, uh, bless, praise, and exalt you, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of spirits. He fills the earth with spirits. And here my eyes saw all those who do not sleep. They stand before him and bless him, saying, Blessed be you, and blessed be the name of the Lord forever and ever. And my face was changed, for I could no longer see. So, real quick, chapter 39, verse 10, says, There I wish to dwell, and my spirit longed for that dwelling place. And thus it was decided, and my portion was assigned and established by the Lord of Spirits. So, Enoch got caught up at 365 years old, okay? So, here it's saying how he wanted to stay in that place of dwelling. But he couldn't stay there until his portion had been assigned. And it was assigned to him from the Lord to live for 365 years. And after that 365 years, he was then brought back into 
the holy place. He is brought back into the holy place. Enoch was. Okay? So, but he wished to dwell there and his spirit longed for it. So when he was there in that presence of the Lord, that's all he wanted. He just wanted to stay there forever. And the creator was like, well, I know you want to stay here forever with me, but you have to do this first. You have to accomplish these things. After 365 years, I'll pull you back up here. I'll bring you back. But at first, I need you to go back to earth. I need you to go back to reality. I need you to write this, write these words down about this, these visions I'm showing you. Put the message out there so people can get an understanding, a better understanding of me, my dwelling place, the angels, the holiness. You know, you got a mission to carry out. Even though you are extremely righteous in serving me and the way you live your life, I still have something planned for you that you need to accomplish. I have works for you to fulfill before you can be here in, in the holy place with me. But the Lord saw his spirit and how much he... Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Wanted to be there. And how much he just wanted to be in the presence of the Lord and serve him and give glory to him. Enoch wanted to be there more than the watchers wanted to be there. The watchers were already in the presence. You know, they were, like I said, the angels or the outer race. The outer race, the angels. So the watchers already knew the glory and presence and power and majesty and joyous love of the creator. And they chose to turn against that and come to earth to mate with the women of the earth. So they left the glory of God's throne room and the kingdom of heaven and decided to come here and turn their back on that. That's why they made a deal with each other. And that's why they made a deal with each other. That if one did it, they were all going to do it. And whatever punishment befell one would befall all of them. You know, because it's said in the Enoch book one, you know, they were worried that they weren't all going to stick to it. So they made a covenant with each other. That whatever one did, if one got blamed for it, they would all get blamed for it. And then they, they, they made this promise to each other. And like, okay, we're going to go through with it. And they left heaven by their own free will, their own choice, and came here to mate with the women of earth and to teach us things that we weren't supposed to know. But Enoch, he was here on earth whenever they, whenever those, whenever the watchers were here. Remember the watchers 
asked him to make a plea to Yahweh for him. That's where this whole vision started. If you remember, he was reading the watcher's plea to Yahweh that they wrote out for him to plea on their behalf to Yahweh to be able to come back into the grace of heaven. And he fell asleep and went into a dream state, a vision. Okay? So he knew the watchers. You know, they knew Enoch. They came to him because they're like, hey, man, the Lord looks on you favorably. Do you think you can pass a message along for us? And when Enoch was there, it says here, you know, in verse 10, that he wanted to stay there forever. He wanted to get Lecrae off my TV. He's a mm, sellout. Get him off my TV. Talking about he doesn't know what his stand on homosexuality is because he has a gay brother. Okay, well, I'm sorry your brother's gay, but that doesn't mean you turn your back on what the word says about homosexuality. When you're asked about it, you're supposed to be a spiritual leader in this world that people look up to, and you're supposed to stand up for what's right in Christ, not what your feelings say because it's your brother. <sighs> I used to really like Lecrae, but I can't abide by a lukewarm. So, anyway, Enoch was so in love with the presence of the Lord, he just wanted to stay there. Whereas the watchers, who he was there, you know, petitioning for, on their behalf to Yahweh, turned against it. They said, ah, I don't want to be in this glory and presence forever. Don't want to. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm sick of watching humanity. I want to go down there and mess around with the women because they're beautiful. And I want to go down there and I want, and I want to... Ah, oh man, I'd love to go down there and, you know, and, and mate with them like, like the other humans do, like the men do. You know, let's go do that, guys. You know, and uh, they did. And look what they're at now. They're, they're in Tartarus. Some of them are chained under the Euphrates River, which... Let's not forget, is drying up more and more every day. So, you know, and it says in Revelation, when the Euphrates River dries up, oh boy, those angels will be released. It's going to be a crazy sad day for non-believers when that happens. That should show you how amazing the presence of Yahweh is. Enoch was willing to leave everything behind, everything, in less than a moment, to just stay in the presence of the Lord. So I just wanted to go over that real quick. That, that's amazing to me. All right, so before I get into chapter 40, uh, this is uh, what it says in Exodus 34, chapter 34, verse 29. It says, When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands. He was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. Mm-mm-mm. All right, so then chapter 40, verse 1 says, And after that, I saw thousands of thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. I saw a multitude beyond number and reckoning who stood before the Lord of Spirits, and on the four sides of the Lord of Spirits, I saw four figures different from those that did not sleep. And I learned their names. For the angel that went with me told me their names and showed me all the hidden things. 
and heard the voices of those four presences as they uttered praises before the Lord of glory. The first voice blessed the Lord of spirits forever and ever. The second voice I heard blessing the elect one and the elect ones who depend on the Lord of spirits. And the third voice I heard pray and interceded for those who live on the earth and pray earnestly in the name of the Lord of spirits. Isn't that awesome? The third voice I heard pray and intercede for those who live on the earth and pray earnestly in the name of the Lord of Spirits. I heard the voice, and I heard the fourth voice fending off the Satan's adversary or accusers. Okay, the Satan's. That's something else that I learned the other day that in Hebrew, the original context for Satan was his Satan, meaning multiple Satan's. Okay. But then by the time Jesus gets here, he's just known as Satan. So it got me, like, you know, the, the guy um, on the Blurry, Blurry Creatures podcast, I can't remember his name right now, um, but it was a really good podcast. I think it was episode 81 or 82. You know, he brought up the question, so was there a battle of the, all the Satans and only one winner and the person and then the one that won, you know, absorbed all the power of the other Satans maybe, you know, which is how he's able to elevate himself to become more powerful on the earth and maintain, you know, his, his lifespan. You know, it's just something he brought up, you know, theoretically. But it's interesting here that in the book of Enoch it says as well, and I heard the fourth voice fending off the Satans. So multiple, plural, Satan's. So not just one. But we know that Jesus is confronted with Satan in the desert. Okay? So at that point, there's one. One Satan left. And I just wanted to talk about that real quick. And then it has in parentheses beside the Satan's adversary or accuser. So again, accusers, adversaries, more than one. And forbidding them to come before the Lord of Spirits to accuse them who dwell on the earth. So, saying that there is a voice that literally fends off the Satans from Satan coming in, from the Satans being able to come in to the Lord's presence and accuse us of the sins we commit to the Lord. Satan, Satan's will say, oh, well, look what this human did. Oh man, that's that human just cheated on his wife with another woman, or that human just killed that human, or that human just, you know, robbed uh, a beggar for their money, or whatever. I'm just throwing uh, concepts out there, you know, different sins, you know, because Satan and Satan they hate us, hates us so much that all he wants to do is destroy any chance that we have. In the kingdom, that's all he wants. That's all he cares about is destroying as many souls and lives as he can to drag us down to hell with him, to take us to hell with him. He hates us. He hates humanity. Why do you think he was so? Excuse the reference. Hell bent on getting Eve and Adam to sin. You know he couldn't. He couldn't get Adam to sin. Through temptation. So he went to Eve instead. He went to Eve. You know, because I feel like the reason he went to Eve, and I touched on this a little bit before, but I feel like the reason he went to Eve is because Adam 
had been walking with the creator for so long that he knew his relationship with the creator was true strong. He wasn't going to be able to tempt him the way he wanted to. So he's like, oh, I'll go to Eve. If I can tempt her, Adam loves her. So if she sins, he won't want to be without her. So he'll be more willing to go along with sinning, you know. And, uh, you know, the first sin brought into this world was not Eve eating of the tree of knowledge and evil. It was the serpent lying to her. The serpent lying to Eve was the first sin brought into this world. And we often overlooked that. I know for years I overlooked it because I was always taught the first sin committed was Eve eating of the tree of knowledge, good and evil, and then giving it to Adam. You know, that's what a lot of churches teach. A lot of, you know, pastors have taught that lesson for years. But really the first sin was a serpent lying to Eve and to tempt her into eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That was the first sin. So the first sin ever committed in Eden was from the serpent. Just like he sinned, brought sin into the kingdom of heaven by going against God, rebelling against God because of the free will that he was given. You know, he wasn't the most powerful angel, but he was the most beautiful angel that God had ever made. You know, adorned with gems and stones. And, you know, it says that he had musical pipes in him because he is or was the angel of music, right? So, a lot of people say, oh, well, Satan created music. No, he was the angel of music who was created by God. God created him as a vessel to be music. So Satan didn't create music. I just want to point that out too. Satan did not create music. He was simply the vessel that God created for music. And then he thought he should be more powerful than God. He should be the one in control of the kingdom of heaven. Because he was jealous of the power of the sun. He was jealous of the power of the sun and jealous of the power of the creator. So he wanted to take over the kingdom and rule for and rule himself, which is why he's so, again, again, which is why he's so crazy and hell bent on controlling the earth and and ruling the kingdom of earth. Because if he can't have the kingdom of heaven, he wants the kingdom of the earth for himself. And that's what all this has been about. From Adam and Eve to today. All this craziness has been about that. Him getting more and more of a foothold in the world. Getting more of a foothold in the world. Because we, as humans, have dominion over the earth. He does not. He does not have dominion over this earth. We do. And we give power to the principalities of darkness. Not me and you. But, like I said earlier, the people that, you know, were at the top of the governments around the world... And, you know, the world itself, you know, and the United Nations, that's nothing but a huge corrupt satanic society, by the way, for anybody listening that didn't know that. They even have a room set up, like, to go in and pray to Satan and all kinds of craziness. And Anyway, um, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole right now with you guys, but you can look it up for yourselves if you want to. Um, but yes... From the beginning of time till now, by by tempting Eve and lying to her to get her to sin and bringing sin to this world, that was him 
getting his foothold in the world to start corrupting it, start pushing it, pushing out the ways of the Creator and bringing his ways in by making it seem like his ways are better than the Creator's ways. And they're not. It's all just lies and deception. It's all smoke, no fire. You know what I mean? So. But yeah, there's a fourth voice fending off the Satans and forbidding them to come before the Lord of Spirits to accuse them who dwell on earth. That's how much he hates us. He wants to accuse us. Even though he committed the first sin in the kingdom and in Eden, he wants to then accuse us of our sins to the Creator to make himself look better. After that, I asked the angel of peace who went with me, who showed me everything that is hidden. Who are these four figures which I have seen and whose words I have heard and written down? And he said to me, the first is Michael, the merciful and long-suffering. And the second, who is set over all the disease and all the wounds of the children of men, is Raphael. And the third, who is set over all the power, is Gabriel. And the fourth, who is set over, repent- over the repentance and those who hope to inherit eternal life is named Fanuel. Fanuel, Fanuel. Maybe it's Fanuel. Uh, it's P-H-A-N-U-E-L. So, the fourth who is set over the repentance and those who hope to inherit eternal life, eternal life is named Fanuel. That's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the name Fanuel. And those are the four angels of the Lord of Spirits and the four voices I heard in those days. Chapter 41. And after that, I saw all the secrets of heavens and how the kingdom is divided and how the actions of men are weighed in the balance. And then Daniel 5.27. Thou art weighed in the balance and art found wanting. And there I, and then chapter 2 and 41. Verse four, or, yeah, chapter 41, verse 2, sorry. And there I saw the mansions of the elect and the mansions of the holy. And my eyes saw all the sinners being driven from there, which denied the name of the Lord of Spirits. And they were being dragged off, and they could not live because of the punishment which proceeds from the Lord of Spirits. So John chapter 14, verse 2 through 3 says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Book of Enoch, chapter 41, verse 3 says, And there my eyes saw the secrets of the lightning and the thunder, and the secrets of the winds, how they are divided to blow over the earth, and the secrets of the clouds and dew. And there I saw where they came from, and how they saturate the dusty earth. And there I saw closed storehouses, out of which the winds are divided, and the storehouses of the hail and winds, the storehouses of the mist, and of the clouds, and the cloud thereof hovers over the earth from the beginning of the world. And I saw the storehouses of the sun and moon, where they go and where they come, and their glorious return, and how one is superior to the other, and their stately orbit, and how they do not leave their orbit, and they add nothing to their orbit, and they take nothing from it. And they keep faith with each other in accordance with the oath by which they are bound together. And first the sun goes out and traverses his path according to the commandment of the Lord of Spirits. And mighty is his name forever and ever. And after that I saw the invisible and the visible path of the moon. 
and she accomplishes the course of her path in that place by day and by night, the one holding a position opposite to the other before the Lord of Spirits. And they give thanks and praise and rest not, but their thanksgiving is forever and ever. For the sun makes many revolutions for a blessing or a curse, and the course of the path of the moon is light to the righteous and darkness to the sinners. And in the name of the Lord who made a separation between the light and the darkness, and divided the spirits of men, and strengthened the spirit of the righteous, in the name of his righteousness. Okay, and then it has here from Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 through 45. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you, and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and send the rain on the just and the unjust. So like I was saying about earlier, you're not supposed to hate the person. You're supposed to hate the sins they commit. Because the sins they commit come from the devil. Temptation and sin comes from the devil. I literally just went over that a little bit ago. The first sin ever committed that we know of is devil using the free will that was given to him by the Lord, by Yahweh. He, you know, came up with this idea. He was going to rebel, rebel against him, go against him, try to take over the kingdom of heaven for himself. And we know how that turned out. Michael kicked him out, cast him out of heaven like lightning. Boom, you're gone, buddy. You're out of here. Strike three, you're out. Actually, strike one, I guess, and then get three strikes. So he, you know, kicked him out of heaven. And then, like I said, lying to Eve, the temptation. Okay? So all sin, all temptation, all evilness comes from the devil, comes from Satan. It all comes from there. So when you're hating that sin, you're hating the devil as well. Now, you know, I know it says to pray for our enemies. It says to pray for those that, you know, are boastful and deceitful towards us and hate us. Do we pray for the devil? Or is it a wasted prayer? Because we know the Lord said that there's no redemption for the devil. There's no redemption for the devil for what he did, for his deceit, you know. For his lying, for for twisting mankind, for not only corrupting the kingdom of heaven for a little bit, which is why I believe there will be there will be a new heaven made. Because even though heaven is a holy place and there's no corruption, sin or deception in it anymore, at one point in time there was. But I feel like God, the Creator. When he makes a new heaven and a new earth, you know, we know it's going to be perfect. We know there's not going to be any deception. There's not going to be any sin. There's not going to be any lies or cheating or pain or suffering or crying or mourning of death. It's going to be gone forever. Forever. Gone. Forever. Vamanos. Finished. Done. Finito. Right? So, it's just my feelings on this you know i feel like god wants to create a new a new heaven for us to dwell in with him where it had where it wasn't you know defiled by 
the um, sin of Lucifer. Where it wasn't, you know, it doesn't have any tarnishes on it because of Lucifer. And, and, and the fact that, you know, Yahweh wants to do that for us just speaks to his greatness and, and his everlasting knowledge and glory. You know, that he loves us so much, not only did he sacrifice his son for our sins, but he loves us so much that he's, that he's going to create a new earth for us and a new heaven for us to dwell in with him. How amazing is that? I mean, that, that, is, that is amazing. Because even if he were to restore this earth, the one we're currently on, to its former glory, which he could do, but instead of realizing, nope, I'm going to make a whole new earth for you guys. A whole new earth. That nobody's ever seen. It's going to be brand new. A whole new creation. For you guys. For you, my, my believers. The, my creation. The, that I love. I'm going to create a whole new earth for you. And that just blows my mind. We're going to get a whole new earth. It, it's wonderful. I thought I, was, I thought I'd read all of chapter 41, but I guess I didn't. There's one more verse here in chapter 41, verse 9. For no angel hinders and no power is able to hinder, for he appoints a judge for them all, and he judges them all himself. <clears throat> okay, chapter 42. Wisdom found no place where she might dwell, then a dwelling place was assigned to her in heavens. So it's saying wisdom is a female. Huh. Interesting, especially since the wisest man ever was King Solomon. But who's the wisest woman ever? Doesn't say. Wisdom went out to make her dwelling among the children of men and found no dwelling place. Wisdom returned to her place and took her seat among the angels. So wisdom is a separate, completely separate thing. It's its own thing. Wisdom, we just think of wisdom as Something we learn or obtain through life, through experiences. But wisdom is actually its own thing. How awesome is that? I didn't know that. I, I, or if I did know it, I forgot it. That's incredible. Wisdom is its own. She's her own thing. Wow. And unrighteousness went out from her storehouses. She found those she did not seek and dwelt with them. She, uh, she sought no one in particular but found a place as rain in the desert and dew on a thirsty land. So unrighteousness, then, selling us here in the book of Enoch, is also a female form of some sort. So you have wisdom and unrighteousness, two opposites, both in the female form. Jeez. See, this is... I do not know why they don't teach this book in most churches. I do not why, don't know why they don't study the book of Enoch. I don't know why the church got rid of it in the fourth century. Well, I do know why the church got rid of it in the fourth century. Well, my theory on it is they wanted to they wanted to get rid of the more supernatural elements of what the Book of Enoch is about, and just you know keep the Bible as it was. But you know the mainstream churches will tell you the Book of Enoch isn't truthful, that it's not canon to the Bible. That's only because they they got they took it out. The book, the book of Enoch was taught in the church for the first four centuries. 
why they decided to take it out, maybe it had something to do with Constantine in 321 AD, you know, with the Catholic Church. Maybe then, maybe they're like, ah, well, you know, we got to get rid of this Book of Enoch because it doesn't go along with what we want to portray in our Catholicism teachings. So chapter 43 says, And I saw other lightning and the stars of heaven, and I saw how he called them all by their names, and they obeyed him. So lightning has a name, not lightning, obviously, and stars have a name besides just stars. And they're not that, but the stars of heaven. And I saw how they are weighed in a righteous balance according to their proportions of light. I saw the width of their spaces and the day of their appearing and how their revolution produces lightning. Wow. And I saw their revolution. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. And I saw their revolution according to the number of the angels and how they keep faith with each other. And I asked the angel who went with me, who showed me what was hidden. What are these? And he said to me, the Lord of spirits has shown you their parable. These are the names of the holy who dwell on the earth and believe in the name of the Lord of spirits forever and ever. Chapter 44 is only one verse. It says, also another phenomenon I saw in regard to the lightning, how some of the stars arise and become lightning and cannot part with their new form. Okay. Oh, so maybe, okay, so these are parables. So maybe, maybe that's saying another, how someone regard how to the lightning, how some of the stars arise and become lightning and cannot part with their new form. Now, we know that Satan got cast out of heaven like lightning, right? It says that Satan was cast out of heaven like lightning. So maybe these stars, it's talking about people that once worshipped the Lord and then went away from the Lord and then became like lightning, referring to Satan, and then don't want to go back to worshipping the Lord because they're enjoying the power that they get in the world too much. That's just my theory on that. I'm not saying it's true. I'm just putting my perspective out there that if the stars are the holy ones, or, or not the holy ones, but the stars, the Lord of the Spirits who has shown with their parable, these are the names of the holy who dwell on the earth and believe in the name of the Lord of Spirits forever and ever. Okay, so the believers are considered to be stars, right? But then if they turn away from the Lord, and then they're transformed into lightning, a lightning form in the heavens. You know, because like I said, Cassin, uh, Cassin, Satan, <laughs> wow, was cast out of heaven like lightning. So that's just that's just my thought on that. You know, make of it what you will. It's just my thought. Chapter forty five. And this is the second parable concerning those who deny the name of the dwelling of the Holy Ones and the Lord of Spirits. They shall not ascend to heaven, and they shall not come on the earth. Such shall be the lot of the sinners who have denied the name of the Lord of the Spirits, who are preserved for the day of suffering and tribulation. I'm going to read through the rest of chapter 45, and I'll stop there today. So chapter 45, verse 3. On that day, my elect one shall sit on the throne of glory. I shall try the works of the righteous. And their places of rest shall be innumerable. 
and their souls shall grow strong within them when they see my elect one, and those who have called on my glorious name. Then I will cause my elect one to dwell among them. I will transform heaven and make it an eternal blessing and light. And I will transform the earth and make it a blessing, and I will cause my elect ones to dwell on it. But the sinners and evildoers shall not set foot on it. For I have sinned, for I have seen and satisfied my righteous ones with peace, and have caused them to dwell before me. But for the sinners there is judgment impending with me, so that I shall destroy them from the face of the earth. So we'll start, we'll start next time with chapter 46. Um, let me get something here to mark this. Oh, there we go. I'll use this. Hey. A blurry creature sticker I got in my package. My, my shirt I ordered from them. All right, so I, I know I didn't read a lot of chapters today. I only read eight chapters out of the Book of Enoch. Um, I hope you, you guys enjoyed it. I felt like, you know, I got a good message out of it. I learned some things. You know, wisdom and unrighteousness are both referred to as she's, as females. Man, that, that blows my mind. Also, you know, about the stars and the lightning, you know, and these are parables. Like I said, it's the book of parables. So, you know, maybe that's why the author put that note in there earlier about, you know, with, you know, the angels, you know, the elect coming down to, um, you know, mangle with the righteous and things like that. But like I said, if that's after the judgment, if that's after the tribulation period and after the rapture, it wouldn't make any sense for the angels and us not to be intermingling with each other because we are going to be higher than the angels. Says that, you know, we'll be higher than the angels. So why would we not be able to intermingle with them? And at that point, we're going to be souls and new bodies anyway. So we're not going to have the, we're not going to be the same physical form we, we are now. You know, all, all the desires of the flesh will be gone because we'll be in new bodies. So it would make no sense why we couldn't intermingle with the angels Especially if we're going to be, you know, among amongst them in heaven and, and things of that sort. So, the author's note just has me more confused than anything else as to why they felt the need to put it in there, you know. And the whole UFO thing, well, that's just, like I said, that's just a trick from the enemy, like like most other things in this world. Um, so, I'm going to say, I'm going to... I'm going to uh, pick a song here in a second you know I think I'll play uh, what do I want to play I'm not sure but um oh 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 actually I do know um so this guy somebody sent me a video by him yesterday um his he goes by MTM Isaiah this song is called New Age. I haven't heard it yet, but I'm sure it's talking out against the New Age religion. Um, you know, because the song I was sent yesterday was called Repent by this guy. And I really like his style, like his flow. Great artist. Um, so anyway, I'll play that. I'm going to close out in prayer. After I play this song, I'll close out in prayer. That'll be the end of this episode. But I want to say thank you again to everybody for listening that does listen. Um, and, you know, you guys can, can look me up on Instagram if you want. Uh, it's Blue Moon Prophet 2284 for anybody listening. 
that doesn't already follow me on Instagram, if you want to message me about anything you'd like to talk about or you have any questions, um, I have mentioned on here before that you can go to Spreaker.com and there's a message board on there. Um, last time I went into it to access it, though, I wasn't. they changed the app around, so I wasn't able to find it. So I don't know if the message board is only available when you're doing a live um, podcast or if it's something that's not available all the time. Uh, the other podcast that I used to do and I still do occasionally with with uh, one of my friends and trying to kind of trying to get away from doing that podcast altogether just because the the person he is I don't see he's not a bad person. I'm trying to get him to get closer in his walk with Christ. There's some things in his life he doesn't want to let go of though and I've been talking to him about that and working with it on him. I'm not going to get into all that right now. Um, but anyway, just sometimes I'm out there and I'm doing the podcast with them. I just feel like, man, I don't, this isn't, this isn't where God wants me right now. Like the things that he likes to talk about and the things that he's like still into just, it doesn't sit right with me, you know, anymore. Um, but also I don't want to leave, leave him behind. I don't want to leave him hanging. You know, I'm trying to change him. By being around him, and he's not going to change unless he wants to, and that's the whole thing. Uh, what I was getting at though was with um, the speaker, the 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 message board on the speaker. Like we did a couple of live podcasts, and there was people that were able to message us as we were on the podcast and ask us questions and things like that. So I thought it was something that was available, you know, all the time. Um, where I could just get on and, and go into the, the podcast and join it and look and see if there's any messages. Well, apparently, I don't know if it's only something you can do when you're going live because I haven't been able to find it on there since then. And last time we did a live podcast was, I don't know, it was about eight months ago, maybe a little bit longer now. Um, so ever since then, if you guys are sending me messages on there on Spreaker.com, that's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, Dot com like speaker but with an r after the p i'm not seeing them so that's why i figured i'd put my instagram tag out there and again it's blue moon profit 2284 if you want to send me a follow request on there or send me a message and there's anything you have questions about or anything you would like to discuss or have me bring up on here to talk about you know feel free to send me a message on there that's fine uh, but like i said i continue plan to continue to read from the book of Enoch and get through it. Uh, now I know there's like a map in there and there's the Enochian calendar in there and I can't exactly like read those, you know, to, to about it, but I can discuss it whenever I get to that, those pages that are in there. Um, and we'll, we'll just go from there. So let's play this song, New Age.
song what a, what a great song to uh close out today's worship cast with you know i did not know what it was going to be about but the message in that song is clear you know sage doesn't work crystals don't work none of that stuff works and you got people worshiping creations over the creator and that's wrong you know like all people are like oh this crystals give me power and you can feel the energy from it and whatever 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 you know and there have been people in the past who have like used like certain vibrational frequencies from crystals to you know do crazy awesome things like the guy who built the um crystal kingdom in florida i think he used more of the method that of uh vibrational frequencies to move these heavy stones around if you look it up the crystal kingdom in florida or the crystal palace you know what it is um, but yeah, this guy, he didn't use any heavy equipment or nothing. It was way back in the early 1900s. He was a super rich guy. He was in love with this woman. Um, from, I think she was, uh, he was in love with this woman and 
he wanted to marry her and she was of royalty i'm pretty sure a royalty bloodline so he built this palace for that's what's called the crystal palace sorry he built this palace for her out of like these very expensive crystals and stones and stuff and they weighed an immense amount okay tons and he wouldn't use any heavy equipment he didn't use any machinery he didn't have any workers helping him and he used he would whistle a certain tune at night that people would hear him whistling this tune and he was using like this hand tool thing I think with like magnetic vibrational frequencies to move these stones around and stuff and get them into place point being is that even if there is this energy in these crystals or whatever that people want to claim the energy that's in there came from the creator not from the crystal itself and there's so many people that do these crystal worship and this sage burning and all this stuff and they think it's going to get rid of demons and they think it's going to cleanse their houses and their lives and make their and their cleanse their homes and whatever and they're doing all this stuff instead of just simply going to the source you know what i mean just go to the source of the of the creator pray to him have him drive the demons out of you have him drive the demons out of your house have him drive the demons and evil spirits away from you and get rid of all that that sin and that deceit instead of relying on the things that he created you know, and that's what the New Age is about, worshipping these crystals and worshipping the spirit of the earth and worshipping the nature, whatever you want to, you know, whatever they're, they're all their, and, and um, sacred geometry and all this other stuff. Instead of going to the creator that created all these things. So that never made any sense to me, worshipping something over the creator, you know what I mean? And, and, to, and to explain this to people that, you know, and if they ask me about it, I'm like, well, let's think about this. See, you made an awesome statue or a painting or you created something. And people would, would worship that and give all the glory to that for making itself or creating itself, but wouldn't recognize you as the creator of that in any way. How would that make you feel? Like, well, that would make me feel horrible. I'm the one that put all the work into that. I'm the one that created that. I'm, you know, I, or whatever. Like, I'd be the one that made it. I'd want people to give me recognition for the work I did. And I said, okay, that's how Yahweh feels. You have all these people around the world worshiping everything but him. Want to give praise and glory to all these things that can't actually do anything for them, but they somehow believe they will. Instead of pr- giving praise to the creator of of all this stuff, of the entire earth, of the entire universe, of all the cosmos, of all the stars, and everything else. But yet, you have people worshipping star signs and things like that, but don't want to give any glory to the person that, the creator, not the person, the creator of the stars. And I said, I said that's where everything gets all twisted up and messed up, you know, and, and, and people need to stop doing that. And it makes sense to them, people that have never been to church and stuff, when I explain it like that, and I feel like it, hopefully it plants a seed in their head, you know, and I talk to them about, you know, the gospel of Christ and how he sacrificed himself for their sins, not for his sins, but for their sins, for every single sin they've ever committed, anybody in their family's ever committed, anybody in their family's ever known, anybody, anybody, you know, everybody, every single person that's ever existed from then till the future, from way back when, from the beginning of time to the end of time, the sacrifice was for everybody, everybody, every single person. It's just a matter of accepting it.
and that's the part that people have a problem with. They don't want to give up their old ways. They don't want to give up their comfortable lifestyle and walk in the glory. Because the world has them so convinced that they don't need God. All they need is themselves. That they can make themselves gods. Man. <sighs> so anyway. Prayer time. Dear Heavenly Father, come to you in Yeshua's name. Thank you so much for the wisdom you imparted in me, on me today. And reading through the book of Enoch. Teaching me some new things. Fascinating me again with this book of Enoch, and, and you know, I'm always fascinated by the glory that is you, and I'm always fascinated by learning new things, and and I just oh, I, I love it. I love I love worshiping you. I love being in your presence. I love the outpouring of your spirit into me, Lord, and I just want to say thank you for allowing me to be alive, and thank you for blessing me with a voice to speak. Thank you for everything. You are so great. I cannot thank you enough just for the life, for the breath in my lungs. Thank you for all the pain, all the trials. Thank you for teaching me over the years, you know, through the things I've been through, to see the grace through it and to find you. And thank you for keeping me alive long enough to actually come back to you. Thank you for giving me another day to serve you. And I just, again, want to say to you, Lord, thank you for everything. I can't thank you enough. I hope this message is, I hope this message reaches some people. I hope this message gets out there. I hope it gets spread if that's your will, Lord. If it's your will, let this message get out there to as many people as possible. In your wonderful, amazing name, Yahweh. Through covenant with your son, Yeshua. Amen. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Yahweh loves you. I love you. God bless. Have a wonderful week.